It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. How are we doing today? Hope everybody has been good since the last time you've chimed in on one of these episodes. Uh, we're going to be talking to a fascinating, fascinating brand expert. Her name is uh, Mona uh, Omadeo, and she is a PhD and award-winning organization development and change expert. I was really excited to talk with Mona because I'm a branding fanatic. I love design, branding, um, just how we convey a message, uh, whether it's uh, contextual or image-based or video, um, even your customer service, it's all branding, guys. So you have to really get the fundamentals right, the foundation right, in order to uh, knock it out of the park with everything when you execute. So in this interview, we touch on a lot of different things about the evolution of branding, how it used to be, where it has evolved to, Okay. Um, and you know, what do you need to consider for your brand? I mean, there is this whole idea. If you're an established company, let's say you're making six or seven figures, um, you know, there could be a culture shift that's required. And that is not an easy thing to do. Um, but if you're in the seed rounds or early phases, you can really start shaping that culture and brand from the ground up. Um, and it's going to be a great opportunity uh, from that timing to do that. Um, so we're really going to tap into a lot of these really interesting topics on branding. You know, there's different frameworks that she uh, talks about in her book. She is the author of a book called Beyond Sizzle, The Next Evolution of Branding. Um, and she gives these frameworks that can help people transform their organizations into brands that matter. And you know, a change creator, that is what we love and what we're all about. So, you know, we're going to be hammering guys, this idea of telling your story, um, how you do your content, how you share and position what you say, because this is going to help you rise above, reach your audience. So your branding and all of these elements are part of that storytelling process. Okay. Um, in other news, guys, we had our latest release just come out. It is Jay Shetty. He is the storytelling guru master. You know, we wanted to know how do you cut through the noise? Because this guy in just like a matter of, I don't know, a year or so, he's had billions of views, guys, on his videos on YouTube and throughout the social networks. He's got millions of followers, um, and he's just really been connecting with people. He speaks to that human connection, and he, he has it down to a science. So we had to reach out to him. We had to figure out how he's doing it, and he breaks down the science behind what he does. He breaks down his process and the tools he uses. So guys, you really want to get into this. We, we're bringing you that interview because it is such an important component of successfully driving impact and scaling your business. That is issue eight. 18, get the app. Guys, you get unlimited access. It's only a couple bucks. Invest in yourself. Take action. Um, you're going to love that addition. All right, guys, last but not least, please stop by the App Store. Leave us a five-star review, some feedback. This goes a long way for both the magazine app and for this podcast. Um, we really need your support there, and we appreciate it. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Mona and hit the ground running on building a brand that matters. I know you're going to dig this. 
Hey, Mona, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? Wonderful, wonderful. Good to talk with you today. Awesome. Well, I love the uh, work that you're doing, and I'm a big branding freak. So, (laughs) you know, um, there's so many misconceptions around what is branding. Um, You know, there's a verbal and visual story. There's there's so much to it. There's a depth, right? And I think, you know, people get stuck on the whole idea of logos and design, which is, you know, part of it. But I'm excited to talk with you today about, well, really, what is branding? How is it evolving and why? Why is it evolving the way it is? So this is going to focus on having a brand that matters and why that's important today, but also how to do that. So if you could just give a little background about yourself, um, how did you get so involved with branding and why is this, um, you know, an important part of your life? And just so people know, she wrote the book, Beyond sizzle the next evolution of branding so that's what we're going to tap into great well thank you adam i appreciate so much being here and uh, i think we are uh, travelers on the same journey which is uh, ultimately how can we help organizations um, matter more matter more to the people who work with them um, the communities they live and ultimately the world and i believe very much uh, that organizations as brands can can absolutely do that. And so my journey, uh, I'll try to give you the very, very condensed version of a very long story. <laughs> but uh, I started actually, uh, I was an instructor at the University of West Florida. I taught journalism and uh, was a documentary. I was part of a documentary, international documentary team. So in essence, our job there was to tell stories, uh, to tell stories in a way that connected with people. And through a very various and sundry reasons, mainly um, having a young daughter and a decision that perhaps doing uh, documentaries in Panama was not the best thing for a mom to be doing, mm. I thought, oh, what's next? And so I really started stepping back and saying, Ah, if I can tell these stories, can I help organizations tell stories? And so ID Group was literally uh, launched with the last paycheck uh, from the University of West Florida. <laughs> and uh, some hopes, dreams, and some uh, prayers, a lot of them. Uh, we're still here today. Uh, that was in 1989. Um, and I think, uh, Adam, the evolution of ID Group is kind of the evolution of me. Uh, while I started as wanting to tell stories, I became very interested in connecting people with stories, and there's a difference. Um, and so through the years, became very interested in the power of organizations to be um, a force in the world in a positive way. Became very interested in the concept of corporate responsibility, uh, the power of corporate responsibility, um, not as an add-on, but as something core to who an organization is and what it stands for. And um, started studying, you know, some of the early pioneers like Ben and Jerry's, uh, some of the work from um, Anita Roderick from Body Shop and those people who really got it very, very early. And from there, that led me to a doctoral studies in change management and to a company by the name of Interface, a global uh, carpet manufacturer in Atlanta, Georgia, where I did my doctoral studies and became very, very connected with that company who uh, is really one of the great exemplars of um, sustainable manufacturing. And its leader, Ray Anderson, who was my mentor into his death uh, several years ago, and who the book, uh, one of the people the book is dedicated to, a person who was dedicated to 
making money, but also making a difference in the world. So that's kind of the short and sweet of how I got here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Got a lot of background, a lot of experience. Um, so makes me even more interested to hear what you have to say right now. Um, so let's just talk about it. You talked about some of the early pioneers, Body Shop, Ben and Jerry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess I want to talk to you and understand right now your perspective of, well, how how is branding changing? Um, and like, how has it historically been perceived, and then how is it changing now? Is there a simple answer to that, or is <laughs> you tell me? <laughs> I don't know if there's a simple answer. I'll give you my answer. Okay. Um, so I think the um, the idea of brand, if we can, Adam, just start with that idea because I think you alluded to it in our opening uh, your opening remarks. Everybody has a different idea of what a brand is, what branding is, and so just for purposes of our conversation and getting your listeners on the same page with me. Um, brand for me is very simply um, the associations people make when they hear your name. Um, it's about meaning and the meaning people associate with that. And so whether you're a person, whether you're a product, service, company, uh, state, city, whatever, everyone has a brand. Um, what's interesting, I think, is uh, the evolution of how that uh, that meaning has um, what's important to people relative to that meaning and also how we create meaning. Um, so branding is the intentional process of creating meaning. Um, and in the old days, so to speak, back in the 50s, when branding really came into, you know, it, it's, its roots are in uh, the 50s when manufacturing made all products pretty much the same. And the guys on Madison Avenue were looking for a way of how to differentiate one product from the other and literally uh, were inspired by um uh, the work of Edward Bernays, whose uncle happened to be Sigmund Freud. Uh, and therefore, we understand that the concept of branding is really very rooted in the concept of psychology and this idea of identification. Uh, what do we want to be associated with? You know, our whole lives, we we spend trying to figure out who are we, what do we do, where, where do we fit in the world? And in many ways, those early, early, early pioneers of people who used the work of Bernays and, um, and, and, and really what was then known as propaganda, um, really figured out how to tap into that need to belong, that need to be a part of something. And so branding's roots are there. Um, back in the days, they used these ideas to sell cigarettes and, and wash machines, right? Uh, I believe we can use this idea of wanting to belong, wanting to be a part of something to engage people in a different way of living uh, and using those ideas to connect people to things that matter to them and um, to things that are going to leave the world a little bit better than we found them. So uh, my view of branding is uh, not so much that it's um, the, the underlying principles are very similar to, or very are the same as the principles used by those, uh, you know, the Mad Men of Madison Avenue. <laughs> but what we do with it, you know, how we use them, and what the world is looking for today is very, very different, I believe, than what people were looking for yeah. back in the fifties and sixties. I agree with you. There's, you know, there is a major uh, external condition driving this type of evolution, and it's it's creating mm -hmm. people like you to pop up and say, "Hey, this is where things are going," and it's it's consumer demand. I mean, I yes. I would say that there. I mean, I've read. I can't remember. I saw the data point, but 
the, especially the younger generations, they believe that these companies have a moral obligation to stop destructive habits or to do to have like a real cause built into it. And I like how you said it. You said make it core versus an add-on because sure, people yes. have been donating to a charity with <laughs> a small percent of their you know earnings, which is is good. We need that. Sure, um, but it's not part of the business model that is the core. So I think that's a good word for it. Um, so it's really interesting. And I, I just see it as this is what people are looking for. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons, I guess, why people are feeling that way, thanks to the internet and transparency, right? So sure. yeah. as that evolves, then, so if you were talking to an entrepreneur, which we're talking to a bunch of them right now as we speak, you know, sure. what are some of the considerations? I mean, I guess, what's the first step in understanding, well, is my brand... Like, is it saying the right thing to people? Is it attracting the right people? Um, what are the, like, I guess, preliminary or early um, stepping stones and thoughts around branding that need to be considered uh, for somebody? Well, I think if we think in terms of um, this, if we just kind of put, if you could imagine three circles, um, um, interconnected circles, yep. and those circles being first your business plan, what is it you're trying to do? <laughs> Uh, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? The second circle, and that, that's kind of your intentions, right? The second circle comes to this idea of brand, which really defines why you matter. I mean, every organization has to answer this question. Who are you and why should I care? <laughs> um, and, and ultimately, your success or failure will depend on the, your ability to do that. And branding helps you shape that story. That sense of this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what we believe, and most importantly, this is what we can do for you in a way that's different, unique than other people. So that second piece, branding, is that middle piece between your intentions of your business plan and your actual uh, building um, the tribe, I call it, of people who really want to be connected to you. Now, ultimately, though, Adam, what we're really trying to do here is we're trying to use branding as a vehicle for creating a reputation. And because that is ultimately your greatest asset. Uh, you know, when we think in terms of business value, your reputation is the greatest asset of any organization. Um, and I think when we think about branding from the core, which is what we talk about in the book, uh, Beyond Sizzle, what we're doing is we're saying that branding is the vehicle for building meaning um, and for connecting people, your most valuable resource, we say, your most valuable resource of people to create your most valuable asset, your reputation. So it's how all those three pieces fit together. So branding is not about let's create a new ad campaign or, oh, we need to change our name or we need to change our logo. No. That's all part of it. That's part of the storytelling. But ultimately, what we have to do is align the sense of what we want to do, our vision for this organization. We must align that with the sense of the stories we tell, but also the story we deliver. And all of that is connected by connecting people with a sense of identification, a sense of identity, um, creating the tribe that says, yes, I want to be a part of this because this stands for something I believe in. Um but also, they have great products. They have great services. You can't separate any of this. Right. So, as if I'm and I am one of those entrepreneurs, and so I can say when I'm working with our clients, what we do, the first thing we do is sit down with our leadership team and we talk about this. Um, not how do we tell our story, but what is our story? 
<laughs> and we spend time on the idea of what are our values, uh, what are our real beliefs, what difference do we want to make in the world, uh, because that's what people want to be a part of. Frankly, uh, you know, products, services, there's just such um, uh, there's just such parity. <laughs> very little real difference in products and services. So companies that want to be successful, yes, product service is important. So I want to be really clear on that. Mm. Quality, you know, is, is important. But people want to follow and be a part of things that they identify with, that reflects positively on their sense of who they are, what they believe in. And so that's our opportunity. What if, you know, what if we can, you know, promote the ideas of uh, purpose and responsibility, both environmentally and socially? What if those businesses understand that's not now add-on, that's foundational. The people who get this are going to move forward in a lot different way than um, the people who don't get it. In fact, I would say the people who don't get this uh, are going to find themselves sitting at the bus stop um, (laughs) because uh, the world's moving. Uh, And this mechanism view of systems, processes, uh, you know, and and that's all that matters or product differentiation. No, no. Um, Both employees and customers want to do business and be a part of something that they believe connects with and reinforces who they are. Yeah, I love that. And I I think it's very true. And I think in our media kit, we have a statistic, if I can remember correctly, like 86% of Americans um, will support a brand that uh, advocates for a cause they believe in. Yeah, because what does that say? Let's go back to just the whole idea of what a brand is, right? It says it's meaning. And so if brand is meaning, then I want to connect to things that reinforce my sense of who I am and what I believe in. And so there's your opportunity. If you want to look at it from a pure marketing standpoint, a positioning standpoint, a market share position, you need to identify your people, uh, the people who you believe uh, reflect and connect with what you believe in and what you stand for. And and the other thing, Adam, I think is people are kind of shy sometimes about talking about this. I think it's changing. When I started studying this 15 years ago, it was like I'd go in and talk to people about concepts of like sustainability and they would just kind of listen very nicely. Uh, And I'm sure when I walked out, roll their eyes because, you know, it it just wasn't a topic of um, clarity. I I say that this idea of purpose and purpose-driven businesses and Social environmental responsibility has kind of, you know, moved from the margins of the Birkenstock group to the mainstream with uh, the corner office and CEOs. Everyone's talking about it. Um, Now, doing it is another thing. Um, And and that's a whole nother conversation of how do you really connect and engage people inside your organization to uh, walk the talk of purpose and values. And that's a that's um, a different you know, everybody talks about it, but my hope is, and our, my work is, how do we really do that? Yeah, and that's not easy. Um, I did speak to somebody who, you know, was telling me, you know, it could take anywhere between six to eight years if you're actually trying to change a company culture. Um, obviously, yeah. starting from ground up. So, hey, entrepreneurs out there, you're if you're still at your seed round or early phase uh, bootstrapping, you're building your team, you're in a good place to create the culture. But if you're yes. in a company <laughs> that has an established culture and you're trying to create this impact model and shift how people think, you're going from a power 
power model to this new like service-based model and um it does take time it is not easy well, you know, that was the work I did with Interface and I've, I do with clients um, on a regular basis is how do we build this and how do we shift, uh, you know, culture. And culture is one of those really – another brand and culture, two, two words that everybody has a different perspective about. But ultimately, I like to think of culture like the operating system yeah. <laughs> of a company. Uh, it is the, the glue. It is the thing that holds everything together. And if that operating system is not um, – is not uh, correct, um, then there is nothing that will hold the system together. And, you know, most of my work, Adam, has been actually, that's the, the research I did with Interface and subsequent research I've done has been on how do we, how do we change a culture? Like I told you, I'd, you know, done a lot of work with the, uh, studying people like the Ben and Jerry's and the uh, Stonyfield Farms and the seventh generation, the really early pioneers in this idea of purpose-driven or sustainability-based uh, values. And that was all really interesting to me, but I became extremely intrigued with, so what if you weren't born with this? <laughs> you know, how do you change this? And that was the great opportunity I had at Interface was um, to go in and really look at how that company over, and, and, and I will tell you, Adam, it was probably about a four-year process for Interface. Okay. From moving of a, from a company who was very much your traditional take waste make waste um, manufacturing um, firm, global in nature, publicly traded, um, and how did they move from that take waste make waste to really becoming the exemplar and sustainable manufacturer and continuing today to be one of the leaders, thought leaders in sustainable manufacturing. And what I found there, and maybe your listeners, this could be helpful to them, is uh, what we understand um, about creating or changing culture is this. It begins inside the organization with what we call an identity narrative. And that identity narrative is what the organization says to itself. Uh, it is both actual and it is and as well as inspirational, Right. And what's really important for leaders to understand is that that can't be something that is forced down upon people, that rather is created through dialogue and conversation. Uh, what we call, you know, core dialogues with organizations is based in sitting down and asking these questions yeah. from, the, from the very beginning. What are our values? What does that mean in terms of our behavior? You know, what, are, what, what is our real, what really makes us different? You know, what makes us unique? Oh, our personality, how do we want to present ourselves to the world? What is our position relative to the competition? So those are all conversations, Adam, that are not, they don't live on a sheet of paper. They right. live in the hearts of the people in your organization. Yeah. So those initial dialogues with people about what we call identity is extremely important. And that identity narrative, which I differentiate between identity narrative and a brand story, and that a narrative is what the organization intends to be. It is about their hopes, their dreams, about their sense of self. A brand story is a co-creation. You cannot control your brand story because it is, you influence it, you can't control it. Because it is a co-creation of what you say to the world, but also what the world says about you. And so the way you influence it is through your storytelling, but equally through your actions. So as I'm talking to leaders, I'm saying, okay, here is what you have to do. You've got to be clear of 
where you want to go. You have to create this narrative inside your organizations that clearly defines the sense of who we are and what difference we're making in the world. Then you've got to translate that to the story, to the marketplace, tell a great story that that is important to those people. And this is the piece where people have to kind of connect. And then you have to live it. You have to create a performance culture that reflects that sense of that narrative. So it is that alignment between the vision, the identity, the culture, and the image that over time creates the reputation that is so valuable. Um, So that's when I talk about branding being a vehicle to create reputation. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And there's definitely a lot of depth and moving parts to it. Um, So to your point, I mean, it it really translates the story, it goes into your copy, it goes into what the mindsets of the the culture and the people are. And of course, then the visual representation. Um, And it all has to make sense. You know, you get so many people, um, in my experience, who would come uh, to the table saying, well, we got to use these colors because of the, <laughs> the, you know, the psychology behind them and all that yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, well, I'm like, the only thing you need to do from a visual standpoint is make sure that it actually makes sense when someone sees it, that, that your brand and that kind of like visual makes sense together. Um, yeah. And that it's reflective. Bron- I mean, exactly. you know, one of these things What? yeah, I mean, I don't want to throw, you know, all that we know about the psychological or colors or symbols, <laughs> all of that's important. I don't want to say that that's not important, but here's what we know. That's where we've lived for the last, you know, 60, 70 years in branding is more of this external focus, yes. storytelling. Uh, I call it convincing versus connecting. Yep. Where we have moved now is not convincing. We've got to connect. And why? Because in the old days, <laughs> when the brand manager, the brand manager was in charge of all this, right? There was this wall between internal and external. Today, that wall has crumbled, and now what exists is a matrix that is connected through the technology, through the internet. And so, what you do, what you say, everything um, is shared in a second. So, the authenticity uh, of your story that you're telling to the marketplace is crucial, crucial to the long-term success of your organization. So that then leads us to how do you create authenticity, right? You create authenticity by first engaging people inside your organization in this narrative and, and not, not trying to command and control through some kind of, um, uh, script but by truly connecting them to this sense of purpose and why we're all here. You know, I talk in the book a little bit, um, and very early I talk about this idea of collective purpose. It it creates a a level of performance that cannot be forged (laughs) by some surface-level attempt to motivate people. Don't you love that? we got to motivate Yes. You gotta motivate people. <laughs> you gotta motivate them. I said, okay, what is that? Mean? I still, yeah, like a place. I like a cow pot. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know, but when you tap into the inner sense of people's desire to do something that matters to them, to have an impact, not only in the moment, but beyond the moment to, to, to tomorrow and to the next generations. Gosh, that's a whole different level right. 
And that what we know from research and from the work I know that you've probably done, I've done, you know, when you kind of tap into that and you present people with challenges, boy, they come up with really cool ideas called right. innovation. So it's it's kind of the world is just not this mechanistic, mechanistic uh, uh, you know, uh, assembly line, pieces and parts kind of place. Um, it's it's a we're, we're in a whole different world than we were. I would even say ten years ago. Um, and I think what great opportunity we have. Isn't this cool? I mean, I just think it's so cool that organizations can be these places and be reimagined as these places where people can feel like they matter because they're contributing to something that that matters to the world, that they have a chance to bring their values to work, that they, people get excited because they, they have an opportunity to really come up with new ways and new ideas. Yeah. Um, it's just a cool time, I believe, in business. Ah, it's a and great time. Great time. It's, it's a great time. It's a great, great opportunities. Um, and I believe, and, uh, you know, uh, contrary to what um, some people believe about branding, um, branding has a tremendous power to create these connections uh, like nothing ever because branding is about connecting with people's sense of self. And what we're wanting to do in organizations is have people bring that sense of self, right, to work every day. Um, That's when I believe we can uh, create great businesses, uh, businesses that prosper, but also businesses that are making uh, powerful, powerful differences in in the world. Yep, I love that. And you know, you touched on uh, authenticity and how do we create authenticity with yeah. what we're doing. And, um, you know, I heard someone talk about how great leaders at one point are very charismatic and kind of like <laughs> it led me to think about, well, what makes them charismatic? And I think it's, well, it's when you are authentic about something, you're probably very passionate about it. And Uh so you become charismatic because you really believe in it. Right. So it becomes natural to you to be charismatic and then to become like the actual authentic person and have that reflected to your point. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about doing something that really matters to you. If you can tap into those values and maybe something you really want to make a difference doing, um, and it's important to you, the authenticity is not something you fabricate. It just happens. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what people always ask me. Well, how do you, how do you engage people? I say you engage them. How do you create authenticity? You're real. I mean, mean, you know, we overcomplicate these things. It's like, well, um, how about we just be good people? How about we just be good citizens? How about we go back to, you know, the idea of, um, you know, doing unto others as we would have them to do to us. I mean, when I started my group, you know, it was like, I started the whole company with one simple idea. I wanted, I couldn't find any place I really wanted to work. You know, after you leave a university, like, what do you do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, I was doing great stuff and having a great time. And I was like, I couldn't find any place where I really felt like I fit. And so I just started a company. And the main reason I did that was I wanted to create an environment where I wanted to work. And fortunately, for the last almost 30 years now, we've been able to do that. So, you know, I, I think um, I think the world of work has changed. I think what people are looking for from work has changed. And again, I've been in this for a long time. 
And I think this is one of the most exciting periods of potential there is in the world today or has ever been. And as we look at, you know, I know you do a lot of work around social entrepreneurship and and a, a passion of mine. And man, all the challenges that are out there in the world today, I believe business can be a tremendous force in solving those problems yes. um, and turning those problems into uh, to, to real solutions. There's nothing that a group of people really, really connected with a desire to make something change uh, with a, an intense purpose. There is nothing that will get in the way of people who have a real purpose and an intention. And I think that is where I get excited. And, um, you know, this idea, uh, I, I was listening to one of your podcasts with Seth, Go- Seth Godin, who's, you know, an amazing uh, thinker, and I love a lot of his, his work. And uh, I was particularly um, interested in, and kind of went amen and hallelujah, when he started talking about the I am from the South, you know. Um, so when he started talking about the difference between leadership and management, He just nails it. He nails it. Um, You know, leadership is about creating something big enough that people want to join you in making it happen. And I think with all of the challenges we have in our world today, where the divisions and the frustrations and the 24-7 news who's telling us the world's going to hell in the handbasket, all of that has weighed upon us. And I believe the human spirit rejects that. Mm, And I believe it looks for not what's wrong, but with what's right. And our psyche can only take so much of getting beaten up. So when we really look at what's going on here, I think we're tired of saying what's wrong. And I think we're looking for what's right and how we can create that. Um, So when Seth was talking about this idea of leadership and management, I thought, yes, yes, he articulated it so well in saying that you've got to create over there and give people a big enough reason to go over there with you. Yep. And so going back to your idea of these uh, charismatic leaders and, and that, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think charisma or, you know, this kind of psychic energy, whatever you want to call it emits from people who are just determined to do something that is beyond them, uh, beyond the money, uh, beyond the moment. Um, And I think when I look at the people I respect in the world, I think those are the people who just stayed the course and have made a difference. And of course, like one of my mentors, like Ray Anderson, I was telling you, it's just amazing, amazing what he did Mm. uh, in his life. And uh, certainly... Huge impact on me and a lot of other people. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do, we're going to close out here. I mean, this is a great conversation. And I think, you know, some of the takeaways are very, very powerful. So if you're listening closely, um, there's a lot for you to absorb here. So you probably want to listen again. Um, but there's a lot that goes behind branding. Okay. So, and anything to, you know, Mona's points, um, really understanding why you're doing this, like what's important to you as a person, what kind of difference you want to make. I mean, all of this starts really shaping 
representing the brand. Um, and that has to be threaded throughout the culture uh, and the identity, so verbally and visually. So there's just a lot to consider there, but um, there's definitely some nice steps, and that's what, what Mona is an expert in. So you could check out her book. Um, Mona, where can people learn more about what you do? I know you do some speaking if um, people want her to yeah. come to their company, uh, stuff like that. So can you just give yourself a little shout out? Well, isn't that nice? Thank you, Adam. Uh, yeah, so a couple of things. Yeah, so if you look at Beyond Sizzle, the next evolution of branding, like you said, Adam, it really has two parts to it. The first is a lot of the philosophy you and I have talked about here. The second part is actually called a playbook. Uh, for creating brands that matter to customers, employees, and the world. And so in that, I talk about uh, branding from the core, which is a process that entrepreneurs, leaders can use uh, to help create what you and I are talking about, companies that are both profitable but also purposeful. So you can find the book at uh, Amazon.com, and uh, you can connect with me at MonaAmadeo.com, where we have some uh, blogs and some something we call Flip Chart Fridays, where uh, there are little five-minute segments that really go a lot more into some of the how-tos of what you and I have talked about from a philosophical uh, standpoint here today. Excellent, excellent. All right, Mona, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all your awesome insights. Um, you know how to reach us, and we'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Adam, and thank you for what you're doing to, uh, to move business uh, in the right direction. You're welcome. I love it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.